Hail fellow, well met. I'm Mouse. This is a podcast about characters at play and the players who create them. This week's guest is Ava Problems. She is a Twine author and the host of the podcast Video Game Hell and its role-playing counterpart Tabletop Hell. She dedicates herself in life and in her tabletop doings towards striving for maximum gay scaliness. <laughs> hey, Ava. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. It's good to be here. So tell me about your character. All right. Well, I might touch on two characters if possible, briefly on one. I mean, they're they're kind of, in a lot of ways, they're like kind of the same character, but they are actually different characters. In, in some way, I mean, they're both Dragonborn characters um, from Dungeons & Dragons campaign uh, campaigns, two different ones. And so on that level, at least, there's that sort of, like, you know, wish fulfillment thing. My favorite line from the 4th edition Player's Handbook when it described Dragonborn was always that sort of, like, play a Dragonborn if you want to, bullet point, look like a dragon. <laughs> oh oh well <laughs> you've got me to a t yeah that's why i always play kobolds but if i get to be a dog type kobold <laughs> that's so I, good so i could get to be a furry <laughs> exactly yeah you always you always want that uh fourth ed was good for like um you know you had the dragonborns you had the shifters you had the the minotaurs i think i think on that level uh, I was about to say Blizzard, but that is not true at all. Blizzard is a coast, uh, you know, on on that level, you know, knew what they're, what we wanted, which is to look like furries, uh, always. <laughs> um, so the old character was uh, Seldmir, and he was a dragonborn bard. He did a lot of cool things. We actually got him. That was probably like the longest I've ever played a D&D campaign. Um, I can't remember now exactly how long it lasted, but long enough such that, like, we got about to, like, level 16 or so, I think starting from level 4, um, which takes a pretty significant character investment. And I, uh, I took him down the, um, the Scion of Arcosia paragon class in fourth ed which is like the sort of dragonborn racial class where it's sort of like here's how to be an even cooler dragonborn like you get wings and stuff uh and like your your breath attacks get better and i was like oh this is uh this is relevant to my interests cool he was yeah. very much <laughs> i always described him as like a, a battle bard because he he you know he used the the melee attack kind of build like the sort of strength and charisma build which is like a very, it's a very sort of like mechanical way of describing it. But like, you know, he was, he was a, a go-getter. He like, you know, he led the party. I always used a very deep and, and booming and, and, you know, well, hail fellows and well met. Like that, that, uh, <laughs> you know, I had a, I had a voice for him and it was fun. And like, he, he was sort of like, you know, this was, this was, this was pre-girl times. So like, on some level, there was that kind of little outlet of like, like, hey, at least I, you know, I get to play this character who like is kind of like me, but cooler and covered in scales. So like, you know, there was there was like that level of aspirational, uh, you know, it was it was a a life goal, 
rather than a wife goal. <laughs> That's really uh, interesting. Yeah, the character I'm playing is because, like, I feel like in a lot of ways, like, I'm still in pre-girl times. <laughs> so I play my character as like maybe two or three steps ahead of me. Yeah, it's that's that's a fun thing about video or not video games. God, tabletop games. Yeah, it's just sort of like like I like that aspect of them is sort of being like, hey, here's the thing that you know if if life were a little cooler, I could maybe do. <laughs> yeah, the second character uh, is way cooler than Seldomir. <laughs> I mean, he was great, but like. The second character was, uh, I was actually playing her as recently as last year, um, before I moved out to Seattle. My friend ran both campaigns, actually, uh, the same friend as Dungeon Master. Oh, heck, I'll name him. My friend Henry. He's like, he's, he's basically one of my best friends in the whole world and like oldest friends. And I'm actually going back to his wedding uh later this year it's gonna be fun nice but yeah like uh so that one he was running a fifth ed campaign uh still D, and so i made svetlana zmeyevna who was a dragonborn paladin of uh uh we basically invented a like draconic elder god you know sort of on the same like primordial level as you know, the classic, like, Bahamut and Tiamat pantheon that, that D&D puts forward. We kind of, we kind of homebrewed one in there of, uh, um, Mark Zanath, also known as She Who Hoards Not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the cool thing about Fifth Ed, which I really love about it, is the, like, I already forget what it's called, because I, uh, haven't played it in a bit, but it's, like, the, the origins kind of thing, or, or, Basically, just during character creation, like it, uh, it puts forward a cute little sort of randomized life history table that you can roll on, like several of them, like that based on on many different, like you know, you can sort of be like, oh, well, my character had a background in like being a thief, or like, oh, my character was a scholar before you know they started becoming an adventurer. Um, so I chose the uh, folk hero path naturally, and like even on that one, there's sort of a little bit of wiggle room where like it it maybe could turn out a little differently. Um, but I mean, like you know, you obviously still are doing things of the folk hero sort. But like the ones that I rolled for uh, Svetlana were like pretty, just just basically smack dab in like <laughs> led led a. Uh, popular rebellion against you know an oppressive feudal lord so that was fucking sick like (laughs) (laughs) i like any um any encouragement to really develop and think about your character's backstory because i think that can open up a lot of creative avenues like i've never thought i've never been like a like a game designer but i like my first foray into like twine games was based on my D character as based on her backstory and the, the the conclusion is is the same but the path that leads and it's the beginning of of the campaign that i started but the the path that you take and the game that you play is 
basically like does she kiss the boy or does she kiss the girl (laughs) (laughs) which leads her to you know where she started in that campaign and i i would have never had i would have never thought of making a twine if it weren't for this this D &D campaign that somehow made this character so compelling for me (laughs) that's so great um, is your character in uh, uh, fifth ed or fourth ed or uh... it's fifth edition? Yeah, um, I really love. So I, I imagine you also did that that sort of origin thing. Uh, no. When oh, really? Yeah, our DM is a is a is is a first time DM, and she 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 she's basing the campaign like around a musical album. Nice thematically. Nice. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's based on us. Um, Strange uh, Trails by Lord Huron. Sick. I have not heard that one, but it's it's pretty cool. But it's yeah, it's I love I love that like taking inspiration from an album and creating a whole world from it, which in the world is like really dark and fucked up and (laughs) scary. Uh, People die and are resurrected. Like I'm my character is on her her second resurrection right now oh my god it's traumatic that's that's great that's juicy (laughs) but yeah the origin thing is like uh it's something i really appreciate about fifth that i uh just like like it it feels like something that really like takes a lot of inspiration from more like narrative focused tabletop games that have been you know circulating recently well you know they've they've been around for a while but like you know it seems it seems like you know people are doing more and and like cooler and deeper and more experimental kind of things you know it 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 feels very sort of like dungeon world or apocalypse world in a way um but that's still sort of like like uniquely D &D, i guess i just appreciate like you know the origin story thing is like it just it's it basically just like feeds you enough plot hooks that it like gives you distinct little things to to hinge your character around and it also gives the dm like hooks basically to uh uh bring things up or maybe not bring things up if if your dm has different ideas um like i know i know my one of the sort of like weaknesses that that uh uh svetlana had as a result for origin is like um, or I think I think it's like flaw is one of them. Um, <laughs> my flaw was literally like, uh, you know, some some sort of agent of your of the the lord that you that you like led an uprising against is tracking you and like hunting you in some way is, is like searching for you. Oh my gosh! Um, so uh, of course I am flawless. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> that's that's someone else's problem. With me, I don't know why, because I have no flaws. I'm perfect. Someone just just after me. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like it's it's uh, it's uh, it's fun. So, yeah, Svetlana. Oh, she she doesn't think how <laughs> having a having a price on her head like would negatively impact her party. <laughs> um, I can't remember if it like came up to. If, if it came up in, in, in too, like, obstructive a fashion, I think maybe, like, one of the other player characters, maybe, that, 
like I, it did come up but it wasn't sort of like a huge deal it, and it was it was sort of like oh like you know this this player character like uh actually worked for that lord or something like that or is, or is possibly still in the employee and so it was sort of like ooh i don't trust you but you know obviously since we're all in the same party together it's it, it's like almost immediately in in classic uh uh role playing fashion was sort of like oh let's team up against a bigger threat <laughs> <laughs> forget our differences I love that though. <laughs> With her, I sort of uh, uh, I gave I gave her a very uh, distinct voice too. Hers was uh, hers would be closer to like a hill comrade and well met. <laughs> like it, it, it's it's kind of like on one level, it's kind of you know I I was always sort of aware on some level like maybe that's a little too obvious of like you know this this character is obviously sort of like a a proto marxist but like if if you know rather than named after a philosopher you know it's named after a communist dragon deity <laughs> um you know, it's it's sort of like, oh, you know, let's just give her a Russian accent because you know Russians are communists. But like, you know, that's that's maybe a little obvious, but like, uh, it was still fun and like, <laughs> I don't know, I I kind of I kind of went all in with it, and and there were a lot of times where I was would sort of like, I don't know, just just kind of like be giving a, a very heartfelt, uh, very paladin-esque speech of, like, you know, preaching justice and, and, and aid to the weary and et cetera, et cetera, and sort of, like, sidetrack myself with, like, uh, of course, uh, you know, the, the true enemy, the true enemy is, uh, you know, the bourgeoisie, and, and <laughs> just, I don't know, like, it was kind of fun to, to, like, do those sort of, like, over-the-top paladin speeches, uh, in accent, because, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for, for role-playing, like, you know, it's, just uh, make it hard on yourself. Do something goofy. Do something fun. Yeah, I um, do. I do. I really, really appreciate uh, the commitment to doing a character voice. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of like both playing and uh, running tabletops is like just giving everyone voices and and doing those as as is probably obvious in my own <laughs> uh, tabletop podcast. Yeah. See, my. My character right now in, in D&D is a bard. Yes. In, in a part in a, originally a party of 3 bards. Yes. We thought it was we thought it was funny. It was actually a really dumb idea. But <laughs> I had because I I play a, a number of instruments not particularly well, but I I play them so I thought like her magic is based on music. So for a while before it got too obnoxious Every time I would cast a spell, I would like play a few bars on my guitar <laughs> or on a ukulele that's, or that's great. And another bard in our party like wrote songs with lyrics for that, like casting spells and he sang them. <laughs> that is also great. When when healing a member of, of, of the party or trying to break a lock in a door. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always a a great idea for the first couple times and it's but and we, then you're sort of like oh hmm, this is a commitment huh well yeah say we <laughs> yeah we record with you know we play with people all over the country and it's over the computer so it's like it's like wait 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 they like i gotta clonk 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 at my <laughs> guitar <laughs> and like get it over my under my like headphone cables and you know it's 
becomes a little cumbersome, but yeah, I, I enjoy like yeah, finding finding ways to immerse like that. Yeah, role playing gimmicks they're fun. They're they're good. I don't care who says otherwise. I love them. I will defend them. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved um, just sort of you know obviously I started playing her uh, 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 firmly within the girl times. Like this is this is a. Uh, you know, also sort of aspirational in a way, but like, I liked the fact that basically her voice is like, almost like, almost kind of identical in a lot of ways to like the voice that I gave Seldmir, just sort of like, with a Russian accent. <laughs> just because I really uh, am a big fan of just like big ladies with booming voices, um, like booming deep, like projecting voices. And I like sort of being able to do that in role playing by playing a big lady with uh, chainmail and fire breath. Yeah, say so it makes sense. If you're a dragon, you can breathe fire. You've got to have some sort of crazy diaphragm action that exactly. can facilitate that, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's great. We that that campaign was um, that was pretty cool. It's it's like we we the sort of setting of the world was like. Uh, the, the, I can't remember if it was like the entire world or if it was just sort of like the, the big country that we were in, but just sort of like, like it was this, it was this country like plagued by a magical fog that would just kind of like sweep over the land and disgorge, uh, like powerful undead, uh, sometimes even like armies of undead. And usually the fog would avoid settlements, but like, you know, smaller settlements were, always sort of in danger of being like overrun by this fog and, and wiped out um, and probably fueling more undead. And uh, it was, it was very sort of like, you know, a lot of people had like fallen to banditry and whatnot. Cause, cause like uh, the powers that be were like, you know, just, just a very, very like, you know, travel was difficult and, and maintaining authority was also difficult in this, this fog realm. And, of course, uh, Svetlana had no real problem with bandits because you know she she uh, she was definitely a bandit <laughs> at one point. She started as a village blacksmith, which was cool. So like she she had blacksmith uh, skills and blacksmith like kit, but like you know definitely had spent uh, a not insignificant portion of her life like on the run from authorities doing doing banditry. And we did have to, like, we we were tasked to, like, go track down, like, I think some, some like, like an, an ancient sword got stolen from, like, these crypts below this keep in the town we started in. And it was stolen by, like, this thief lady. And she used, like, a, like a cloak that, that she had stolen from, like, a caravan that she was sort of affiliated with for a while and the caravan turned out to be like you know so the caravan master was sort of like hey get that cloak back while you're at it and then the caravan itself sort of turned out to be like a part of this this like much more powerful criminal organization that that uh you know we sort of became indebted to because like you know we, we had to track it down like into the wastes basically like up into the mountains uh, into this this uh, hollowed out former like dwarven city called 
uh, Devil's Spike, or more like Dwarven Fortress, I guess. In this, the mountain was called like Devil's Spike, and and you know there was a, there was a, a Dwarven Fortress built within it that like was long abandoned, and like the lower reaches were like given over to, to demons, basically, or well to devils rather, like because that's a distinct thing in D anD. d Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very involved, and like so. So basically the whole, like, time where we were, the thief lady had, like, handed the goods over to the leader of the bandits of Devil Spike, who was this dude named Crandall, which was a very fun name to, like, yell in anger and frustration as he kept just, like, running from fight to fight and, like, leaving his lackeys to to try to dispatch us. <laughs> Crandall! <laughs> yeah. And, like... So, you know, I would, I would very frequently just sort of be like, like, look, we, we have no problem. I, I have no personal problem with you as bandits. That is a fine and, you know, time honored tradition, time honored profession. We literally just want a sword and a cloak that your boss has. And also he's a coward and he's leaving you to die by sending you up against us, but we don't want to kill you. And, you know, they wouldn't listen. Sometimes they would listen. <laughs> uh, it was pretty great. We did end up catching him, and I think we basically just sort of, like, all sprinted after him and just fucking pasted him. And in the process, just kind of stuck a hole through the magic cloak, because the cloak was, like, this cool artifact that let you, like, pass through walls, basically. It was this, this like, extremely powerful, like, thieving artifact. But then, wouldn't you know it, I uh, accidentally stabbed the hole through it with this with the sword while we were uh uh killing him well, these things happen exactly but then but then the uh the bandit organization leader who was actually the leader of the caravan was sort of like oh you broke my cloak i'm going to break your legs if you uh don't make that up for me it's <laughs> the yeah the indebtedness <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty great we left off my character left off uh, having just sort of, like, learned quite a bit of, of the larger picture and also of the sort of, like, sweeping changes that had happened in uh, in her absence in, like, the, the Dragonborn homeland by, like, the the other city that... Like, we went to a bigger city, and that's where we met with... The, we rejoined with the the, uh, the caravan master, but, like, that's that's where, like... You know, people were very suspicious of me because they thought I was an agent of like, I think some kind of necromancy cult. This is this has been a while. Like, it's, you know, this this was this was over a year ago uh, that I last played, but uh, we were able to like, like, meet with a an important prisoner that was being held in the in the dungeons, um, who was like a a priestess of <laughs> I can't remember the name of the the. Uh, the the goddess but it was it was basically the counterpoint the counterpart to marks and f like draconic goddess of like accumulation and competition and and consumption basically <laughs> like like evil capitalist uh elder draconic deity and i think the implication is that they uh well you know it, it would have gone differently if if i had stuck around but i was moving to seattle so so um I had to uh, part ways with that campaign, but I think the implication was that like they uh, started a uh, uh, like a, a 
a bar together or like a like a hostel slash in kind of thing where um i remember i remember just making making the joke like maybe someday i can introduce her as my very good friend but ideological enemy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and isn't that the goal the real goal of the campaign it's like you eventually settle down it's like why are we fighting all these fucking goblins (laughs) i don't have time for this (laughs) well yeah thank you for sharing your character now we're we've come to the time in the show where i pass out snacks i'm going to share a nice thing uh for our listeners that brings joy to my life and i want to share it with you um and this this time it's a you guessed it it's another podcast it's the i haven't seen that podcast it's uh put on by my friends uh whitney and mark with uh based around the loose structure of talking about a media property that the either has not seen and it started based on just kind of a lark and they had never met and their the first episode was was actually the first conversation the two of them had ever had it's been two or three years since and they've become real life best friends oh my god that's great and like I've I've actually been listening to, uh, since the first episode, and the first time I listened to it, I remember sitting in my in my kitchen and thinking like, "This is such a dumb idea," but these two people have such a real magnetic chemistry, <laughs> and it's it's lovely and sweet, and they have great guests, um, including myself and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on there three times, so yeah, on on Twitter or just search for I haven't seen. Um, it's it's a delight, and uh, I want to send every everybody over there and and give them their your love because it's likely that by the time this this episode airs, um, half of the show Mark will have uh, his wife will have had a baby. Oh wow! I know it's incredible. I'm like almost thirty, and like he's like the only person I know in the entire universe who is having a kid because <laughs> no one else can even if they wanted to yeah ava thank you so much for being on the show um is there anything you want to plug yes let me just um you know it's mentioned earlier that i am host of a uh, a podcast of my own that would be uh video game hell and of course tabletop hell which is the sort of we alternate every week like it it used to be just bi-weekly uh video game hell but then we just started this this like narrative actual play podcast campaign kind of thing where um i run the gals through uh, apocalypse world and um it's a hoot in my opinion uh and video game hell of course is just um like if you want to hear three trans women with occasional guests uh just talk about video games you know when you, when you, what else you got going on in your life <laughs> <laughs> um that's a you can find that at um oh heck what is it video game hack dot it's no gov. no it's not it's a vghell.podbean.com or also um i think welcome to video welcome to uh maybe it's video game hell.tumblr.com as ah, something like oh yeah it's video game hell.tumblr.com that's that's another place that you can find us it's also on itunes yeah it'll be it'll um, be in the show notes as well yes 
Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm trying to think of a suitably D&D sign-off, but I, I got nothing. I'm sorry, I failed you. That's okay. I've, I've got <laughs> one cooking. <laughs> so um, yeah, I want to thank my wife, Chris, for helping me with the recording. And I want to thank uh, Chicago Lolly for post-production help. Um, it was really sweet of him to step forward and try and make the show better. And uh, you can uh, pay it forward by giving him some love at his Bandcamp, chicago-lolly.bandcamp.com. Thanks to Philomela for the use of their song, I Am a Fire, from the album Sapphire Chamber as the intro and outro to the show. That's all this week, y'all. I don't particularly believe in karma, but if you do, I want you to go out and earn those critical success rolls. Bye, y'all. See ya. Hey y'all, it's Mouse. I'm poking my snoot back in. I'm so excited to share more conversations with you. If you want to share your character on the show, hit me up at hailfellowcast at gmail. More importantly, Mark and his wife Kristen did have that baby. I hope you'll join me in extending congratulations and, and blessings and love to this new family. Thanks again for listening, Uh, and until next time, players, uh, later.